0: Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy.
1: Thanks for joining us in this episode of Informatics Bites, the podcast where we talk with our members about innovations in pharmacy, hot topics in informatics and new technology. My name is Julie Pawala, and today we will be chatting with Chanel Gilliard and Anne Vo about auto-verification in health system pharmacy. The ASHP Foundation in 2021 Pharmacy Forecast states that pharmacy leaders should partner with other disciplines to evaluate the outcomes of auto-verification adoption. And the ASHP Practice Advancement Initiative in 2030 advises that pharmacists should use health information technologies such as auto-verifications to advance their role in patient care and population health. So I'm very excited to have these two practitioners discuss their auto-verification topics. Thank you for joining us today. Anne, can you start off and please describe the institution you work at and the auto-verification project that you implemented?
2: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me today. Um, I currently work at Advocate Aurora Health, which is a health system with 26 sites across Wisconsin and Illinois. As part of our pharmacy practice in our organization, we have one centralized department that's dedicated to order verification. Um, this has provided us with a wealth of verification data and the foundation for an auto-verification project. The premise of my auto-verification project was to use narrow-targeted AI or a predictive model to determine whether a varicella vaccine order should be rejected or flagged for further review by the order verification pharmacist.
1: Chanel, can you describe your institution and the auto-verification project that
0: you implemented? Yes, thanks for having me here as well. So my institution, University of Wisconsin Health, or UW Health, is a large academic medical center and integrated health system in Madison, Wisconsin, with facilities in Wisconsin and Illinois region. Similar to many other institutions at UW Health, we already had auto verification implemented in our emergency department. This was successfully implemented by a pharmacy resident last year. However, we knew there was greater opportunities. So, the scope of my project included our perioperative areas at University Hospital or our main campus, and then the American Center, a UW Health hospital on the east side of Madison. The purpose of my project was to implement and evaluate auto verification in our perioperative areas to help reduce pharmacist workload affiliated with order verification while having no change in the quality of patient care. Our operating room pharmacist workload focuses on releasing and verifying surgical prophylaxis antibiotics. For surgeries planned the next day, while also verifying standard perioperative orders for pain, nausea, and sedation. So these standard PRN medications from order sets that have been previously reviewed and approved as low clinical risk ultimately overload the queue and prevent orders requiring more extensive pharmacy clinical review from being verified in a timely fashion. So therefore, my goal was to auto-verify the standard order sets that do not require pharmacy clinical review, ultimately decreasing the time required to click off on these orders in the future.
1: Next, we're going to move into the approval process of your projects. Anne, can you provide us insight on what approval process you used?
2: Yeah, so my project is actually still in its development stages, so it hasn't gone through any formal approval processes outside of the informatics group itself. But we are getting closer to implementation right now, so we'll certainly want buy-in from our order verification group and pharmacy practice as a whole. And as you can imagine, we have a number of committees, and we specifically we have a pharmacy practice council of which the order verification team has representation. So this type of project would be in scope for them to approve, and should they require approvals from any other committees, they'll reach out from that standpoint.
1: Chanel, can you explain what approval process you went through for your project?
0: So in the UW Health Pharmacy Department, we have a scholarship committee that has an aim to develop infrastructure for support, review, approval, and tracking of our Department of Pharmacy scholarship efforts. So this committee is composed of frontline pharmacists, pharmacy preceptors, and pharmacy leadership. And this auto verification project was presented to, reviewed, and approved by this pharmacy committee as a PGY1 project. Additionally, it was presented to our Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership Residency Advisory Committee for feedback and approval. This committee includes our pharmacy department leadership across our inpatient and outpatient areas, including our Senior Director of Pharmacy. The main concerns from this committee was auto-verification's effect on our metric that determines pharmacy-allocated FTE based on workload and ensuring this did not violate joint commission standards. So one driver of pharmacist workload is number of orders verified. With auto-verification, we need to further understand how auto verification would impact that factor in determining pharmacist workload to ensure there are no negative impacts. Upon further review, it was concluded that this auto-verification will have minimal effect on our workload measures. And then finally, I presented this project to UW Health's accreditation and regulatory specialist for their interpretation and approval as it relates to Joint Commission medication management standards. So Joint Commission has a standard that states a pharmacist must review all medication orders for appropriateness, but there is an exception if a licensed independent practitioner is available to provide that immediate intervention, which we believe applies to our perioperative areas, then pharmacist verification can be bypassed. So it's this exception that allowed me to move forward with my project.
1: Anne, can you explain what obstacles you encountered in implementing your project?
0: Absolutely.
2: So one of the significant obstacles in my predictive model build was getting the data to pull through accurately and in a reliable manner. So, for example, in the predictive model, we wanted to pull in some medication-related data and then also some patient data through the reporting workbench report. Medication data is typically in an order-specific, encounter-specific type of manner, whereas the patient data is continuous. So, getting those timeframes to work out accordingly was difficult. Uh, Additionally, some of the patient data that we wanted to tie together was using information from the immunization registries, and in our platform, that can be pulled through in a bit of a convoluted manner. So again, getting that to align and be interpreted correctly by the model was also a challenge. Chanel,
1: can you discuss what obstacles you encountered in implementing your auto-verification project?
0: Yes, the main obstacle that I encountered in implementing this project was including the correct dispensing locations for the approved auto verification orders. So UW Health uses Epic as our electronic medical record. And as I'm sure with many other EHR software, Each order has a specific dispensing location associated with it. When reviewing the orders to determine selection criteria for auto verification, I limited it to only orders being dispensed from the perioperative floor stock and automate dispensing cabinets. This includes our pre-op, intra-op and PACU locations. This was one of the mechanisms to ensure we were limiting the auto verification process to our approved perioperative areas. When running the pre-implementation reports, I failed to encompass all perioperative locations to be correctly entered when building the selection criteria and the EHR. I noticed this within the first few minutes of go live when orders that should have been auto verifying were not auto verifying. At UW Health, we have a specific pharmacy informatics team that was a very valuable resource for my project. The informatics pharmacist that is on my project's work group was able to troubleshoot this issue, and we were able to add all appropriate dispensing locations within 48 hours. Luckily, this did not impact patient care, as any orders not auto-verified just flow through our same workflow with the pharmacist manually verifying the order. I think it is very important to have a deep understanding of your EHR to allow for these quick fixes. Though we did test the rules and the EHR test environment for about a month before our go-live date, there can still be different pieces that may fall through the cracks.
1: Thank you. Next, we're going to go on to the results of our project, knowing that both of them are in different stages of implementation, and can you provide us with the results of your project, and also some future goals.
2: Yeah, so as I said earlier, since it's still in the development process, the results are focused more around what we've done in terms of building out the predictive model. So the way we went about building this model was using the custom builder within our EHR. So currently we use EPIC And they have uh, models that you can that come out of the box, if you will. And then we they have models where you can manipulate different factors to pull in. So the results right now consist of this model that's built out, pulling in some medication history from the patient as well as some patient history. So the patient history would relate to diagnosis codes and their immunization history. Uh, Moving forward, we're looking at Validating the model itself, and comparing it against some historical data. So looking at in the past, why have pharmacists rejected varicella orders from a verification standpoint, and then comparing it to what the model is doing.
1: Thank you, Chanel. Can you explain the results of your project and any future direction for this project?
0: Yes, so currently about 70% of orders in our perioperative areas in scope of my project are Uh, auto-verified. Pre-implementation, our OR pharmacists were verifying about 110 orders per hour of their shift. And then post-implementation, they're verifying about 46 orders an hour. Um, Ideally, this is leading to a more extensive review of those manually verified orders. These remaining orders pharmacists are still verifying are primarily the surgical prophylaxis antibiotics and pediatric orders that our OR pharmacists can now more closely monitor for clinical appropriateness in terms of allergies, weight, and corresponding surgical procedure. Additionally, allowing a quicker turnaround for these orders verified will help our transition from inventory to profile dispense of our automated dispensing cabinets in our perioperative areas. In current state, the nurse dispenses any medication within the cabinet's inventory to administer to the patient, whereas in profile dispense, the patient must have an active order for the nurse to select and pull the medication to administer. So this would ultimately be a win for medication safety. Additionally, after post-implementation reviews and evaluation of medications that aren't auto-verifying, further optimization of our algorithm and standard orders, will add another 10% of orders to be auto-verified.
1: Thank you. And now we're going to wrap up with, what advice do you have for institutions who want to implement auto-verification. Can you address this, Anne?
2: Absolutely. My first piece of advice is to invite a data scientist to your team if at all possible. And particularly if you're going to go the predictive modeling route, they'll prove to be an invaluable member when it comes to putting together your report and making sure all the right pieces are always gonna be pulled together the right way. It'll also help to have a data scientist on your team when you're doing your initial bias risk assessment to ensure that you are identifying any bias in your model and addressing them up front. And the last piece of advice I would consider is, as Chanel mentioned, start thinking about the the legal implementations of your implementation so that you can um, prepare to address those as they go through committee.
1: Chanel, can you provide advice for other institutions who want to implement auto-verification?
0: Yes, I think my biggest piece of advice would be to get to know your EHR closely and how the factors that you want to guide your selection criteria translate to your EHR. Due to the scope of this project being limited to our perioperative areas, we had to ensure only those orders would be auto verified. So this included analyzing the phase of care function. So orders that have an attached pre-op, intra-op, or PACU phase of care were auto verified because these orders only are active when the patient is either in the pre-op, inter op or PACU areas. So I completed a 90-day review to analyze any changes in orders that were made by pharmacist upon verification. This helped us confirm pharmacists weren't making clinical interventions upon verification to the orders that we were planning to auto-verify. After that, running it through your test EHR to validate accuracy of the plan selection criteria and decisional algorithm. And then finally, being sure to engage the correct stakeholders. So on my work group team, I had the pharmacy managers within this perioperative area, I'm an informatics pharmacist, and frontline staff. But I also sought out feedback and addressed any concerns to our nursing counterparts and UW Health's accreditation and regulatory specialists. Ultimately, I think the relatively recently published AHHP auto verification toolkit is a fantastic resource to approach implementation of auto verification.
1: Thank you. That's all the time we have today. I want to thank Chanel Gilliard and Anvo for joining us to discuss auto verification in health system pharmacy. Thanks again for tuning in to this session of Informatics Bytes. If you have not before, I encourage you to check out the ASHP informatics resources. You can find member exclusive offerings in the Informatics Resource Center, including articles, standards, and guidelines, as well as practice tools for pharmacy informatics and healthcare technology related topics. Thanks again for tuning in to this session and joining us here the first Friday of every month when we talk with ASHP member content matter experts on informatics and technology.
0: Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare.